Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. And it's time once again for the latest edition of The Fallen of 2017. So of course, of course, I've got the great Logan here with me once again today. Logan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Joey. How's it going? Good. You actually made the beer noise with your mouth because you have already opened it. Because I already opened it. You really just do that. Yep, I did. All right. That's fine. It's just for effect. (laughs) Okay. Everybody will appreciate it. It's good radio. It is good radio. All right. So we're going to try to entertain you throughout this hour and change whilst talking about recent deceased musicians. Waltzed? Waltzed. Waltzed. Waltzed is a word. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. This is... Yeah, whenever you use a word that's more than $5 worth, <laughs> you have to stop down. That was totally like a $5.25 word. Yes. So we're going to talk about people that, whether you were a musician, a songwriter, a singer, or you have some sort of tie-in to rock culture, let's Groupie? say. You know, I, I might do, if one of the big ones die, like if Pamela DeBar died... I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely have to put her in the fallout. I, I mean, mean, she earned else. it. Dude, she earned it. If anybody oh, earned totally. it, she did. <laughs> so, yeah. B.B. Buell, people like that. Anyway. I don't know any other groupies, though. That's B.B. Buell, Pamela DeBar. There's a few more out there. Cynthia Plastercaster. But she's not really a groupie. Right. She has a different... Anyway. That's another show for later. Oh, did I derail that? A little bit. That's okay. okay. That's what we do here. So, basically, <laughs> if you contributed in some way to rock and roll or rock culture, as I say, because that extends into a few people we are going to talk about today right we do those non-musician entries but i have two here today that i think are valid and logan will debate me on this properly should i roll my eyes already uh, we'll see what happens okay. that'll be the second entry but let's start with okay. the first one here first one. this is easily the most obscure guy on the list and the reason i'm including him <laughs> is for a bit of a personal reason but i will say that the credits this guy had is legitimate enough right. to not roll your eyes okay. this is a guy his name was Kenny Cordray, or Cordray, C-O-R-D-R-A-Y. Okay. Not sure. He was a musician and a songwriter. He what, played for... Uh, he was like a 60s and 70s guy, okay. mostly. He played for John Mayle and okay. John Lee Hooker. So, there you go. Fair enough. All right. Blues. Blues guy. Blues guy. He, uh, I think he also did some work with uh, Jaco Pistorius. So, there's another guy you can write home about. That's actually impressive. Yeah. that That's probably Hall of Fame Fallen right there. Yeah. So he did this one thing, though, as a songwriter that puts you in the permanent cool file for me. All right. He co-wrote this song with a friend of his called Francine, which wound up on the debut album, or which wound up on the sophomore release by ZZ Top okay. on the Rio Grande Mud record. God. And the reason why that song is especially special to me okay. is that... My wife was given her middle name because of that song. No. It's even spelled that way. C-E-N-E. Really? Not I-N-E. Huh. So 
that was a song that I listened to quite a bit over the years, during my wistful years as well, when we weren't together. Right. So, right there. Thank you, Kevin Cordry, for writing that song. Middle name from a ZZ Top song. Yes. There you go. Yeah, it's okay. my lovely wife. All and right. she had no idea that guy passed. This is all my idea. So she's going to find out about it listening to the show. Listening. So that's for you, baby. Kicking off this episode of The Fallen, this is ZZ Top with Francine. <laughs> From the excellent sophomore release by ZZ Top, 
brown sugar references and all <laughs> that was francine by zz top written by the fallen kenny cordry thank you so much for writing that song sir i really appreciate it co-wrote it with a friend co-written yeah. by him with a friend that guy named steve perome I, I might have that wrong but uh uh so <laughs> he was killed by his son whoa yeah. Wow. I kind of wanted to save that to laugh to the song. Because wow. you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. <laughs> uh, Killed by his son. That That's what I was able to find out. Wow. How old was he? Uh, you know, if you don't know. I'm it's guessing fine. he was of boomer age, you know, so we're going to go with that. Wow. So, Which yeah. means that his son was old enough to know not to do that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's all I can really tell you. I think there's something wow. else in his bio. There's but it probably gets pretty, something else going it's, on it's, there. There's then. some dark stuff, obviously, yeah. in there. So let's move on to something well. a little happier. At least this next guy lived a full life. Natural you know, causes. Kevin Cordry died at 62, by the way, okay. officially, on May 21st. Right. Uh, two days later, on May 23rd, a gentleman who lived a full life as an actor of a style that gives you the perception of international playboy... One of our James Bonds, Roger oh, Moore. Roger Moore. Yeah. Can you guess yeah. what we're going to play now? Something from the Roger Moore Bond era. What, what's the one that had the biggest impact, especially on... Let's I don't say, know, man. I mean, because that's whenever, whenever those Bond movies were going. Yeah. That's whenever they really upped the ante on the, the theme song for a movie, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... The one we're going to refer to is probably more fun than good, from what I understand, because it doesn't get a lot of great reviews. But back around uh, 1986, okay, there was a James Bond movie that featured Grace Jones and Christopher Walken, and it had a theme song by a very super duper popular pop rock group from Britain. Whoa! Can wow. I mean, no, we're, I said Britain, so we're not talking about Aha, uh-huh, right? Because yeah. that's Timothy Dalton. We're not playing right, the Living right. Daylights. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. So you know what we're playing. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, we're gonna play a uh, view to a kill. Yes. By the Duran Duran. Sacred wine, a 
What's your name? LeBon. Simon LeBon. Yeah, that, that video, that. man. Oh, my God. You forgot about that? I totally forgot about that. There's a cool Facebook page that I follow. It's like the original MTV VJs or original MTV. Right. There's a couple of MTV pages I follow. There's yeah, some good yeah. ones out there. They'll post like hour blocks of like MTV play with no with all the commercials in it still oh, i mean right. it's great really? it's awesome with yeah commercials too. yeah i'll 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 find i'll find it for you anybody else out there feel free to message me so awesome when roger moore died which was on may 23rd right. at the age of 89 right they posted a tribute to roger moore because he showed up like on a sunday at the studios to promote for you to a kill oh uh mtv studios yeah and he okay. was being interviewed by nina blackwood so <gasps> yeah <laughs> yes you know, the only thing that's in Nina Blackwood's house in the in the pantry is like a carton of cigarettes <laughs> and four blocks of Velveeta. I love you, Nina. All right. She's that's got awesome. top five smoker voices of all time. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't you totally. say? Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, so, she's awesome. I always liked, liked her. Um, she was the bad girl. Yeah. I mean, she, she played. She was always the one that played that Guns N' Roses video. Yeah. Whenever Mark Goodman wouldn't do that shit, <laughs> yeah. you know. But yeah, I just was I was watching the Roger Moore five minute View to a Kill promo interview on MTV. Oh, funny. So it, was, it was a lot of fun, you know. Real classy guy, you know. Even if he was like, "What am I doing here?" He right. He didn't let on too much, you know. So. He probably was like, "Fucking America, yeah. What are y'all doing?" Yeah, but you know, but that being said you go to like fucking japan you're being interviewed by some sort of puppet monster you know <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, with like four eyes yeah. anyway but the bomb <laughs> yeah All right, let's move on here a, a gentleman by the name of jeffrey campbell died on june 3rd of this year although he was not known by that name his professional name was the educated rapper he was oh. a he was a member of UTFO. Yeah. I'd say very underrated rap act. UTFO. Overlooked, for sure. Overlooked. They have the one big hit. Yeah. Yes, that's the one I'm going to play, because he has a very good verse on there. He gets, what years were they? Uh, well, this their first single here came out in 1984. 84, Their yeah. Their first full length came out in 85. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked. Yeah. There you go. Had it right there in the old... There you go. There, just like the educated rapper would. Just trying to help the show. Thank you. Thank you. So... The big UTFO hit, the one that gets on all the rap compilations, but a lot of you may not have heard this. I, I bet a lot of you may not have. So here you go. 
Educator Rapper gets a second verse, so pay extra special attention to that one. It's a hell of a verse. This is Roxanne Roxanne. Yo, EMD. Yeah, what's up, man? They go that girl they call Roxanne. She's all stuck up. Why you say that? Cause you wouldn't give a guy like me no rap. Man, she was walking down the street, so I said, hello. I'm Kango from your TFO. And she's so, I said, so. Baby, don't you know I can sing rap dancing just one show? Cause I'm Kango, Mr. Sophisticator. As far as I know, ain't nobody greater from beginning to end and to beginning. I never do because I'm all about winning, but if I was to lose, I wouldn't be the Cause I'm not a gambler, I don't bet I don't be in Oxino. And baby, why you nizzo? The is I is the grizzly kill and gizzo. I thought you'd be impressed and give me devious rap. I thought I had a book inside my sentence trap. I thought it'd be a piece of cake, but it was nothing like that. I guess that's what I give a thing, it ain't that right, black. And see this I'm a whistle Chris who is like a teaser of his ass like a dealer with a Bang bang brother I feel bad But I ain't committing suicide for no crap Calling her a crap is just a figure of speech Cause she's an apple, a pear, a plum and a peach I thought I had it in the palm of my hand But man oh man if I was grand I'd bang Roxanne 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 Can't you understand Roxanne Roxanne I wanna be your man Kango, I don't think that you're dense, but you went about the matter with no experience, you should know. She doesn't need a guy like you, she needs a guy like me, with a high IQ. And she takes to my rap, cause my rap's the best. The educator rapper MD will never fess. So when I met her, I wasted no time, but stuck up Roxanne, paid me no mind. She thought my name was Barry, I told her it was Gary. She said she didn't like it, so she told to call me Barry. She said she loved to marry, my baby she would carry. And if he had a baby, his name the baby Harry. Her mother's name is Mary, which is really quite contrary. Her face is very hairy, and you can say he's scary. So there's him, not every, our father's a fairy. His wife's a secretary, and son's a military. To force him to a list against it wasn't voluntary. His daughter's name is Sherry, his son's a Tom Jerry. Jerry had the flu, but it was only temporary. Back in January, or was it February? But every time I say this, right. It makes me kind of weary It's only customary To get this commentary Some say it's bad Some say it's legendary You're such an all you want To try your local library You never find a rhyme Like this in any dictionary But do you know After all that All I've received Was a pat in my back That's what you get It happened to me Ain't that right Mix master I-C-E You had a rope, you thought you was stupid But EMD, your rap was plain stupid I know you're educated, but when will you learn? Not all girls want to be involved with bookworms You gotta be strong which you can't resist So educated rapper, huh, bust this! Since she's a new girl around the block I had to let her know I was the debonair I said I'd like to speak with you if I can And if I'm correct, your name is Roxanne She said, how'd you know my closet is getting around? Right now, baby, you're the talk of the town Please let me walk you to the corner My rap will be brief, she said, I've seen you before You look like a thief, I said, me? The dot, a hood, a rock Run around the street, robbing people on the block Nah, that's not my style The crime, I'm not related As far as I'm concerned, I'm too sophisticated Then it seems I got Cause she cracked a smile That let me know my rap was worth a while She said you call yourself a doctor I said, this is true She said, explain to me really what doctors must do I said, this is very cool Cause I don't say this everything It's a major medical field The doctor must play 
Dermatology is treatment of the skin. Infected and you see me over and over again. There's anesthesiology, ophthalmology, internal medicine, and plastic surgery, orthopedic surgery, and pathology. A disease called bombs the change of the body. She said, ooh, that's very unique. Gave me her number and kissed me on a cheek. She said she had to go, but she'd be back by eight. Told me, call at nine to arrange a date. Did you take it to the beach? That's what we planned. But she stood me up. Roxanne, Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne, I wanna be your man. Roxanne, Roxanne, and here's our game plan. The beat is here, so we will reveal it. And if you think it's soft, then Roxanne, feel it. There you go. Some good old school rap. The way we like it here, especially very nice on Rock Strikes Ten. Yep. And messages of the mic. So if you're out there saying Joey, and maybe this is one of your first shows, and you have some sort of you know separatist brain thing as far as not including rap and hip hop acts, which I will occasionally do on Rock Strikes Ten, and not just on the Fallen episodes, although right. that does to happen. Matter of fact, that's Rap Act One of Two tonight. Ooh. There's a tease for later. But go and look this one up because it did happen. There's a song that exists with UTFO and Anthrax. Right. Go look that up. It wasn't Public Enemy first. No. It was UTFO. So much respect to them and rest in peace, educated rapper. It's a great verse, wasn't it? Should have poured this out for them. It's uh, not 40. No, they wouldn't want that. I could probably get a couple more. No, see, because the educated rapper is like, don't do something stupid. That's right. Like, like you use your head. All right. So. Thank you, educated rapper. I think yeah. I'll drink it. Yeah. So, about a week later. On June 9th of this year here. That just sounds funny. But a week later. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So another guy, like we talked about Roger Moore dying at the age of 89. Right. And thankfully, if we have to talk about death, we have two more people, including this person, right. that lived a full life and had a hell of a last act. Okay. So you can only be so lucky to have a career like this. Adam West. Ooh. Boy, that did, Yeah. That yeah, that was that was full tilt because yeah. there was not, not a kid from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. I'm I'm not even sure how far that went. Yeah, but who did not have their their life impact by a good old, you know, live action Batman. Yeah, because those are the best, man. I grew up on the reruns. Yeah, because they re- used to rerun them on Nickelodeon in did the eighties. And okay. so I'd, I'd watch it back-to-back back with the monkeys. I mean, awesome. that was the shit. That's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. I wasn't sure who was playing it. Because it, it was syndicated, I know, just yeah. locally on, on television. Sure. So you could get some, some back-to-back episodes. Sure. Maybe with the banana splits or something like that. And maybe I'm lumping them in with Nickelodeon, but I know that was part of my right. daily watching habit. And I, that channel or some other channel would license out just these 60 sitcoms and block them. Yeah. So I remember it was like Monkeys, Batman, and Lancelot Link. We're like the wow. three big ones. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, there's a name from the past. He didn't have so much of a good last no, act in his no, life. No, no, no. 
but I'm sure he's Lancelot he's, Link has to be dead. He's, he, <laughs> he's totally R.I.P.ed, right? <laughs> Where's his show? <laughs> you never hear up. about animal actor bits. There's not a whole lot of them. No, there. There's a culture no. for it, I'm sure, but it's a very There's much a subculture. All right, but Adam West. Adam West, man, and if, for those of you, people, I mean, there's kids out there today. It's like I didn't know Adam West Batman, but, but here's the thing: yeah. Family Guy. He's like on every um, episode. He was on every episode of Family Guy. He's well, the mayor I was gonna of the say, town. Even like the animated Batman. Sure, sure. He yeah. he, he lent lent his voice on a character every once in a while. Yeah. Not, not consistently, but right. Yeah. You know, he's he's done voice work for enough of the the uh, the newer Batman. Yeah. Uh, franchises that have come out. So, so he didn't even have to. And I he really, didn't have to have any of that. He could have just I think been Batman. He loved being Batman. Oh yeah, period. so much so. Like I mean, he was. I remember initially he was very uh, critical of the Michael Keaton Batman because obviously he felt threatened. Right. That he was yeah. basically they were going to erase him from existence. I felt like that was probably the thing for him. That wasn't going to happen. He would take a lot of shots here and there. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah, Batman would never do that. You know, one of those yeah. things. But here's the thing. Even if he just did Batman and did conventions the rest of his life, he'd still be an He's icon. Sad. But then, you know, like I said, he yeah. winds up being on a family guy. A whole other generation open to him. Now they understand who he is. Because that was a great thing. He got to be on the show, but he got to be himself. He was right. basically playing himself. Adam West. At mayor Adam West, yeah. Really? As the mayor of the oh, town. Okay. And just so aloof. But oh, cool. all, But doing that unhip, so unhip it's funny kind of thing, you know. But huh. that, that was Adam West. So That's cool. Anyway, obviously, oh, are we going to play Nelson Riddle's Batman theme? Actually, no, we're not. Well, we oh. are, but, but we're not going to play the OG version because, you know, it's a fun theme, but it's just two minutes of, you know, Batman. Do I don't even, I can't even think about how many different people have covered it. There's been a few, but the best cover version of the Batman theme Is it? occurred while the show was still happening. Oh, okay. And it was a throwaway track that didn't make the record for this band, but it was on the subsequent remastered version of The Who's A Quick One album. <laughs> was so it really? here is the loudest version of the Batman theme huh. by The Who in the 60s. Check this one out.
from 1966. <laughs> Logan had to look that one up while we were listening to the song, but I, I did want to know what year they were working on the Quick One album because, I mean, the Who in general were super ahead of their time. They evolved rock music like just galaxies and galaxies beyond oh, yeah. what anybody thought it would be. Because when you think about it, you know, in a pre-Sergeant Pepper world, and then the Who come out and just tear it the fuck down. That's true. Because the Beatles were, they were starting almost to be a bit of a Beatles backlash at this point in 66, 67. Not just because they were retiring from the road, but because, you know, the kids, they, they kind of, they always want that, like, oh, these, those guys, they're, they're old now. What's new? Right. And, you know, so it was either going to be Herman's Hermits, which it was for a while. Yeah, I was going to say. But in, in the day of Herman's Hermits, and you have the Who come out? Right. Dude. That's why they are punk rock. Who were the Kinks? Kinks I'm were sure Kinks they, were around there, too. Yeah, they, they were, they were allowed, too. Sort of, yeah. So you can... You can certainly fit the kinks and the who and did that. Oh, yeah. A little bit more boisterous English yeah. boys kind of thing. It was more it boisterous would take another stones, year for them of course. To yeah. Sell out. <laughs> but. That was good. Yeah. But the thing is about the kinks is as heavy as they could be on record. Right. The who were heavy. They, they were heavy all. On all, stage yeah. and off. Yeah. That, that's all the difference right Studio there. Studio and, and live. They were, yeah. they were ripping it up. Yeah. Daltrey said that. Uh, they just went for broke. It was like investing in herself. Mm-hmm. He goes, they got paid $500. <laughs> went for broke from Roger Daltrey. Yeah. Carry on. Nice. He, he said, at one point, we were getting paid $500 a show and breaking $1,500 worth of equipment. And that's how we made our name. It sounds stupid yeah. at the time, but it worked. But, yeah. That's why you got to take a chance. That's why they're punk rock. Yeah. Much respect to The Who. Much respect. All right. So we're sticking with, with the death show. Nobody in the Who died, thankfully, this year. Nope. Uh, knock on wood. We're going to move over to uh, someone, definitely not a household name, like an Adam West, but a guy who wrote a song that will live... A song? A song. Okay. I'm talking a song. I don't even think this band had a record. They had a song. But this song okay. will live forever. And it was a song that was actually forgotten kind of after a few years of its initial release, but somebody brought it back. And since they did, it has continued on. And once again, I will say it, it will live forever. And that's the best tribute I can pay to this guy named Gary DiCarlo, who died on June 28th of this year of lung cancer. It's the age of 75. Okay. Fuck cancer. He was the lead vocalist for... A short-lived band called Steam. Logan? Oh, his head is spinning I, right yeah, now. Yeah, because I, I I know the name. I know the name of the. I thought they did have a record, honestly. Uh, I don't I don't know if they had a full I length, but carry on. But carry he on. he co-wrote this song with a couple of other people. Okay. Cut it in the studio. Yeah. And it was one of those songs that actually became a hit because of Paola. If you look up the history yeah. of this song, yeah. the label purchased like something like you know fifty thousand right. physical copies so it would break on billboard right. after they tried it in a local market it got some requests and they think maybe we have something here so then the label Damn invests it. in the payola the song gets in radio becomes a number one single on billboard because of the traction it got and in 1969 as a number one single a song called nana hey hey yes. kiss em goodbye now you can still go to a sports Jock event jam. 
Totally yeah, it's, jock jam. it's the original jock jam. It's I mean, the it really is. Jock jam. There you go. Like, there's take me out to the ball game, and then there's this, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, there's a national anthem, take me out to the ball game, and this, which you will eventually hear. It's and you won't even necessarily hear it by the house organ player no. or on the PA, but eventually you'll, you'll somebody, just hear somebody, <laughs> you'll just hear a crowd seeing it. Yeah. I mean, it's sixty-three to two, (laughs) and they're already singing it like in the you know the end of the third quarter or something like that. Yeah, and the fact that it's such the sports beast that it is, it is happened because of the White Sox, the Chicago White Sox. Okay, keep going. Their in-house organ player one night during a pitcher. The White Sox, not the Cubs. Not the Cubs. Okay, I know. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So the the. The bargain basement Chicago's right. baseball franchise. <laughs> Tell me if I'm lying. Uh, their organ player, I guess during a benching, started playing this. Huh. And it just caught on. Wow. And then the song lived again on the radio, and it lives every night where there are lights out on a field. Yeah, that's so true. So that's what you can take and have on your... Every single sport. And if it's not written on your tombstone, I've heard sir... It on, uh, yeah, I've heard it in hockey. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it in I, basketball. I hear it at wrestling every t- almost every time. You hear it in wrestling, yeah. football. It's there. Yeah. It'll, it'll wow. live forever. And I'm not saying this to oh, be funny. Oh, man, whenever somebody gets thrown out of a baseball game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Holy an ejection, cow. An ejection is always, always. Yeah. And I'm not Holy saying this to be mackerel. funny. I really hope that it does say that on his tombstone. So, for Gary DiCarlo, I, this I is... I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Yeah, this is na na Ooh, so what are you going to play then?
right, there you go. <laughs> Nana, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. By Steam. Nana, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. Yeah, well, you know. Awesome. I'm not going to break out into song. I mean, so yeah, from 1969, a legit number one hit. Ooh, 69. You can find it on multiple compilations. What year? I, I got what, it on. What, not, what year? What, what month? What month? I don't know. I didn't write that down. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, a legit number one hit. I got it off of Time Life 1969. Well, Shaking All Over is the name of the CD. Uh, We're going to move all the way back over to something massively, completely different. Our second rapper of two tonight. And around here, uh, between sometime around the beginning of July, a guy who his birth name was Chris Wong Wan. Oh. Professionally known as Fresh Kid Ice. Right. From, from the Two Live Crew. The infamous Two Live Crew. The controversial Two Live Crew. Good ba- grief. An act who can actually claim that they were the first band to have their record deemed legally obscene. Right. Legally. Just in the state of Florida, though, I think. Yeah, it was in the state of Florida. You, you could not sell it. And that that uh, retail clerk yeah. manager got arrested got for arrested selling for, it. for selling was, a record. That was a hot shit Ooh. button. Uh huh. Because I was working in the record store back then. Oh yeah. Was there a meeting? No, we didn't have no meeting. Okay. Ah, that's a that's no. a legitimate question though. No, 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 there was. Well, I mean, and there was a lot of talk about what do we do with parental advisory? Mm, yeah, because that was the first because, real year of the sticker. The sticker. And the thing is that there was no law about sure. who you could sell records to. Yeah. There might be a policy that each record store had. True. I, I remember at one point Musicland, Sam Goody's, they had, they had a policy yep. that if it had a parental advisory sticker, you had to be a certain age. What was your store at the time in 1990? And 1990 was Music Express. We've talked about them before. Yeah, love that place. <laughs> yeah, we were we were like y'all were pretty we, loose. We were like really loose, and we were kind of upstarts at that point too. Because sure. yeah. it was the Montgomery Ward. It was it was that little. Store. It yeah. was owned by Transworld, who ended up actually owning Camelot yeah, Music, okay. I think, at some point. All right. And I think Transworld might have something to do with Best Buy these days. So, anyway. so, so, um, let me ask you this. Go ahead. How well was the record doing before the bust? Truthfully, that wasn't really our clientele. Okay. All right. So, so it's probably not an accurate description. It's, it, you know, I was on a different, different end of it. Okay. You know, now. Did it start selling afterwards? I don't want to say it started selling either. Okay. I, 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 I. So it's just wasn't I don't the place have, for it. A memory of it being any bigger okay. than it already was. Because yeah. I can imagine we were talking about when we were playing Roxanne, Roxanne. Right. That if you could get on a major and get on your MTV raps, yeah, you could probably get to gold or just a little bit under to where uh, you know they could justify your major label deal. Right. So I'm pretty sure, especially from people that I know whose older brothers and sisters had two live crew tapes, right. and they would dub them. I had like a fourth generation copy of this, right? Which was actually they took like four songs off of it. For the sake of the side of the tape. Right. But what I do know is it probably got at least up to gold prior to the controversy because the at core least, fan yeah. base had bought this record. The album had actually run its course. Right. And it was, yeah, it, it, it probably was done. It was. To an extent 
but then whenever this news story starts to hit, it probably it probably pushed it to almost double platinum. It did. It actually peaked at double platinum, and, jumped back on the yeah. charts. And so, once again, much like what the PMRC hearing did, right. it put the album in See, more ears and more houses than with, with it that, would with have With that before. record in particular, I remember selling hotter stuff than that one. Okay. You know, I, it, it may have been done by the time that I actually... Because what, what year? It came out ninety. It was the summer of ninety when the, the all the controversy summer happened because because they literally yeah, they already had an album in the can, uh, which was about to come out, and they right, added banned a, a few in the e- USA, banned in the USA. So they added a few extra songs oh, to stupid it. Stupid that I know that, including God. well, also because Bruce Springsteen said, "Use what you want, dude." Really? Yeah, he gave him wow. full. Don't even like do whatever you want with it. I had no idea about. Yeah, that. Wow. he was he was that. that he fired, was just like well, he was fired up about it. the principle of oh, it yeah, all. Yeah. And, and, as he and, should be, as he, I was going to say, as Bruce, as he should one of be. our finer citizens. So, but yeah, so I, I, I don't remember it being any more, any more of a blockbuster, because it, I, it, I figured that it was pretty much run its course, and sure. there was somebody, you know, just like music. Period. There's somebody new right behind you. Sure. And uh, the other reason I thought it was apropos to pay tribute to Fresh Kid Ice, the Two Live Crew, not just because I had the tape and I shouldn't have as a kid, but yeah, what are you doing with that cassette? Dude, I was 10. There's no way in hell I should have had it. I'm listening to, you know, Dirty Nursery Rhymes right. and, and Dick Almighty. You uh-huh. know, I mean, just like, whoa. Wow. And so here's actually a song that I kind of like now because it wasn't even on the tape. Because oh. it was not as dirty. Right. So this is kind of just a classic old school hip hop sounding song that he has a good verse on, just like Educated Rapper does. Good enough. And the, like I said, the other legit claim I got to have for this guy, for Fresh Kid Ice, he's the only member of 2 Live Crew to appear on every album by 2 Live Crew. Oh, really? So he that's was a, in? Yeah, so that's a big deal. Not even Luther? Not Well, not even Luke, yeah. No, he had, he had moved on uh, on some of the latter ones. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Just that's right. 2 Live Crew. That's right. So there you go. Here is from the infamous band album as nasty as they want to be this is break it on down But we don't care, thanks for your attention An underground sound talking shit off the street That ghetto style with a hard ass beat Our explicit lyrics tells it like it is If you don't like what I'm saying, get the fuck out of here Luke Skywalker, the man not a myth The king of the ghetto, down with the click As he gets mixed and he don't like attention He just likes to hear crowd participation Pumping up the people, making them one crowd All in one motion, screaming out loud Together as one in every town Slice him on up, Luke Can't only be matched in a 
I rhyme like an artist such as Da Vinci Like the Mona Lisa, I'm a sight to see This is not a tale and I'm not a character Just the kind of MC who loves to harass you Out my dome, I'll start thinking Get so funky till I start stinking I don't think slow when it comes to rhymes When time to create, I shift to overdrive Now all the competition, they're my last worries I take them out quick, fast, and in a hurry No, I can go the distance, I can go the length It's not the week because it's on the strength You don't know, you mean you ain't heard Yours truly, Marquise Kent There you go. That was two live crew with Break It On Down from As Nasty As They Want To Be, the multi-platinum As Nasty As They Want To Be, thanks to people that get paid to be Thank politicians. You, Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore and whoever the guys from Florida were who deemed it obscene. So uh, they were like, probably like, hey, thanks, guys. If it was the day of social media, it was, they would have posted their paychecks from their royalty, uh, yeah. uh, you know, from the record label, and be like, thanks, guys. That Well, that whole thing was just reverse <laughs> of anything that they... That they wanted it to be. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to warn parents, but parents didn't care. Exactly. They didn't parent. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah. all it meant was a lot more records were sold if you had that sticker on your album. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, moving on. A few days later, actually on the 4th of July. No one should have to die on the 4th of July except for, you know. America died on the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dead on the 4th of July. Well, there was a, a gentleman who was a hell of a hand, a great drummer, a guy named John Blackwell, who died on July 4th. He died of a brain tumor. Oh. And uh, he was a, he was a young man considering that That's, bullshit. Oh, shit. How old was he? He was in his, he was like 41 or something. I mean, oh, he was, wow. He was, he was young. So, what did he play for? He pl- this is how I know him. I've seen him live okay. twice in my lifetime. Dream Theater or something? He played for Prince. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Was he the... the, the did he play with Soul no. Asylum or anything like that or anybody else? No, no, no. He wasn't that big... big okay. uh, yeah, you would think so, right? The big fat black guy from right. the New Power Generation? Yeah. No, that the wasn't MPG him. The guy. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I saw him that play... That dude's 
fucking phenomenal. Oh, he's by great. The way. I saw him on the Jam of the Year tour with Prince. He was he was great. I saw him with Soul Song. Nice. I see. I had, I had no idea that he had got that Sorry. gig. But they are Sorry. from that neck of the woods, so that makes sense. Totally. It's badass. No, absolutely. But yeah, I'm sorry, we're derailing from no, the guy no. that we should be talking about. I think I had heard also the second time I saw the Musicology Tour on the second leg in Dallas, which was the better right. show, right. which is saying something. Uh, John played both shows. I'd, I'd heard that, I think it might have been through Scott, don't quote me on that, but I think right. I'd heard from him, because he's the only insider I had at the time. Right, right, right. That that guy had a death in his family. There was like a major death, like a mom or dad, oh. like literally a few days before the show, and he still did the show. Wow! So I was just like, dude, man. It's like Brett Favre. And I actually saw him lose a stick during his first solo of the night, oh. and he still just didn't miss a beat. He had it right, right there in those little cans they have with the sticks in them, and it was just so fun to watch because the stick Fucking just went magical. Sometimes, You're yeah, just they're like, just like, what? What the fun? Yeah, that's some Greg Bissonette shit, right? So. Great drummer, competent as hell, and it just sucks, you know, that these things happen. I mean, you can, you know, wow, brain tumor, Jesus. But um, he didn't really appear on any studio albums by really? Prince, but there was the live box set called One Night Alone Live, right. and he's on that, and he shines pretty well on this one. This is a song you've heard, but they just speed it up a lot, yeah. so you, the drums are really cool on this. So I figured this is a good way to represent him. And I wanted to do it. He's from the Prince family. That's good enough for me. So for John Blackwell, this is a live version of Alphabet Street. I'm going down to Alphabet Street. I'm going to cloud up. If I'm gonna put her in the backseat and drive her Where? Country music, too. 
From the One Night Alone Live box set, and I keep, I, I, I was a, I, it was a box set, wasn't it? Yes, it four, was. Four CDs? It was, it was two CDs. Two CDs. And a third CD was the After Show Jam. So oh, okay. it was a nice, all-encompassing, full experience of going to see Prince Live Self, on Self-released, CD. is that right? Was self-released on MPG Records. Okay. I used to have a physical copy of it, but when was, times were I tough, looking. I bankrolled on no, it. No, no, because it, it was bankrollable. It was. So, yeah, I, I regret it. As much it's, then as it is today. I know. I saw you looking for it. My heart sank. I'm like, you're not no, going to see it up there, sadly. I understand. But I was a little wrong when I said he never appeared on a studio record. There actually is an album called oh. One Night Alone, but it was like a music club only release. Oh. And John Blackwell. Music it, club? Like Columbia? No, like MPG Music oh, Club. Okay. He had his own fan club for years, and he put out exclusive material to them. Kind of give me a little bit of joke, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Laugh. Sorry. Columbia House Music Club. Serious. Wow, what the fuck, man. Yeah. So, on in a world where Prince played drums pretty much almost on every song ever in the studio, John actually got two <laughs> drum credits on a Prince Here, album. Here, hold my beer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> pretty much. You're doing it wrong. Pretty much. So getting right, Dave Grohl, right? <laughs> getting two drum credits on a Prince album—that's like a miracle. Ooh, if your yeah. name isn't Prince, right? <laughs> and so because he's had at least two, <laughs> right? So at least two is like awesome. All so, instruments, yeah. Prince. Yeah, and then with some exceptions, you know. Wendy showed up. Yeah, Doctor so, Z showed up. Yes. Yeah, so rest in peace, John Blackwell. Speaking of Z, David Z. Sure, you heard about this. This was tragic, terrible, awful stuff. Who is this? David Zabladowski. Oh, okay. Oh. He was the. He started off uh, in the early two thousands, at least on a uh, more national basis, okay. uh, with a band called ZO Two. I saw him open for Kiss, actually, and uh, yeah. Ooh. And then he. What were they called? They were called ZO Two. ZO Two. Yes. Like letter they, Z, letter O, number two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They didn't really do much, but getting on a big tour like that, now like I got some eyes on them. <laughs> right, yes. You're killing me over here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gotta keep it up, though, man. I'm Come trying. on, fight I'm through trying. it. I'm trying. I'm You're doing power good. Power through here. Doing good. So that actually led to him getting a TV series greenlit on IFC really? called Z Rock, which I know when you think Z Rock over here, it's like oh the metal it's like, channel. Wow, all the shark island I can eat. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, but this was actually kind of based loosely on a true story about other okay. musicians. Uh, like I think it's the Woggles in like Australia or whatever. Wiggles. That, yeah, the Wiggles. There you go. There is actually a cool rock band called the Woggles. But anyway, the Wiggles. I think they were guys that were in rock bands in Australia, and they created this children's thing, and then they got like super duper rich and famous. Yeah, it, it's sort of like the Guar thing, I think. Yeah, where yeah. it was like art school project. Yeah, that went. Yeah, that took a life of its own yeah, it because took off. same thing with the Wiggles. Yes, because my kid watched the Wiggles a lot. Sure. Matter of fact, I've seen the Wiggles. Yeah, but. Anyway, that was the basis of the idea of the Z-Rock show, okay. is that they were trying to get a kid's band off the ground to pay the bills to, gotcha. you know, kind of feed their metal habit. So they could be a metal band by right, night, right, right. have a day job during the day, right, which right, also right. involved playing guitar. Good work if you can get it. 
if you can get it for yeah. sure. So that's what that's what the Z Rock series was. Huh. So he was involved in that, and then uh, he'd also gotten a really cool gig playing bass guitar for Trans Siberian Orchestra lately. Which talk about good work if you can get it. Oh, no kidding. You can if you save your money and you live decently below your means, you could probably do that once a month every year and not work the rest of the year. I would think that at least maybe on some sort of level, but that's just the dream. Anyway, getting to play bass for Trans Siberian is a great gig. And he it might had hold like, you over for at least half the year. Yeah, yeah. You know, to where you maybe only have to work part time. So, and then but, go. Uh, so when are we touring again? Right, right, exactly. We got a new record coming out. Do or? we need to practice or anything? So with all that, and he he had a lot of friends up in the East Coast area. Actually, some people I know knew him or were acquaintances with him. Right. Said he was a good guy. Uh, this East Coast band, Adrenaline Mob. He recently joined that oh. band. About a year and a half ago, something like that. About two years ago. Yeah, you know what I'm going to talk about now, right? Okay, so we're, we're in current events now. A lot of shit's happened to Adrenaline Mob. And it's like they're getting painted with that cursed thing. I mean, if they, if they hung it up, I wouldn't blame them. Because they've just had a lot of shit happen to them. The latest two things that have happened to them occurred both with their rhythm section. Because yeah. AJ Perot was playing drums for him. He dies on the road, and then they Is have he on this, stage. He didn't die. He did not die on stage. He, he like died on the bus or in his okay. sleep or something like that. So they have this thing where this truck came out of nowhere when they were changing a tire, and it just went massively, massively yeah. wrong. There are there have been other serious injuries within the camp, uh, some burns, all these type of things. Their managers in the burn ward. I mean the whole thing. But there was at least one casualty, and that was David Z really sucks and yeah. it was really felt immediately by people who knew him and the entire community and just the the metal community at all people that just bought his records that were really shaken by this they had literally just finished their brand new album which they were yeah. they went on the road early to support it the album had been out less than two weeks wow and they were out supporting it still and this and this thing was happens. It in europe no it was here in america here in states okay. yeah yeah and so that happened. It really sucks. Uh, I, I listened to a couple of podcasts, like Talking Metal, of course, and you know Mark knew the guy pretty well. John yeah. knew the guy pretty well. So it just it really stinks. I feel bad because I feel like you know some of my friends have lost some. Well, I was going to say they know really no, well. knowing knowing the fact that it hit that close, hit that close to to people that you know. So yeah, yeah. But so you know, back when AJ died, I did a whole episode for him because I yeah. felt like he was an important guy in my rock history for for you personally yeah and sure. one thing i didn't know at the time which is you know really neat so to put some sort of positive light on this there's a track that was recorded that is now currently a bonus track on their brand new record because actually their new album is very politically charged current events kind of thing it's it's got they, the skeleton uh, with the yeah the we the people Sam mask, yeah or not not mask but hat yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so on this album where it's almost kind of a loose concept about current events, they put this bonus track on there. It's the only track that features both David and AJ playing on it. Oh, wow. So it is a bonus cover from We The People. You can get this on their record and on iTunes. And I thought this would be at least something to have a little fun with in, in spite of the tragedy. So And maybe they'd want it that way. So since they're both on there, I figured it was appropriate that we play it here awesome. on the following episode. So the bonus track from We The People... This is Adrenaline Mob with their version of Rebel Yell.
Alright, there you go. That was Rebel Yell. Like I said, that's from We the People. It's the bonus track. The album just came out back at the last month, actually. Yep. As, as of this recording. We're recording this in the middle of August. <laughs> so, rest in peace, David Z. And uh, positive vibes to all your friends and family, for sure. That one just felt a little bit closer to home. So, alright. We're going to move on here uh, over to something a little bit more positive. Uh, yet another... <laughs> because another... there's nothing like positivity and death yeah but i gotta say man but go on the way this guy died <laughs> is probably the coolest way out of anybody right. on this episode or like the whole year let's say suicide no no we're actually not gonna go there <laughs> he's not on the show oh yes so i was reading the story on the last moments of this gentleman this guy's an icon by the way surrounded by his wife and kid uh laying in bed listening to his favorite film score of all time Ooh. it doesn't get any better than that wow especially when you're like damn near 90 years old so no uh, no you know probably just natural wow. you know or i think it was a br- no it was a brief a brief rough cancer battle okay but it was so sudden apparently that it's just like no one even knew about it his family knew about it so with you know cancer aside like knowing that it's going down and having that whole thing going on that atmosphere like that's one of the best ways possible because everybody says they want to die having sex but think about the other person that's that's the worst that's the fucking worst man i don't having sex with somebody while the plane's going down maybe i'll grant you that one yeah but anyway i i digress yes the the iconic (laughs) innovative cinematic genius of george romero Oh. And uh, yeah, so he died on the sixteenth of July. So what was he listening to? It was the Quiet Man, the John Wayne movie. Wow. So yeah. Wow. Fun fact: I guess his wife released that in a statement. So that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, listen to the soundtrack. To that? Where did he get a copy of that? <laughs> I don't know. It's set on like fucking LP. Dude, it's one of those. Dude, if you're George Romero and you well, go to yeah, like a, and you go to like a horror convention, the dealer at the venue that has that in his thing is just going to give ha- it to you. I for just free. have questions. Yeah. Dude, he went to some random horror con, and there was a guy that... Because the quiet man is at a horror con. No, what I'm telling you is when you go to those conventions, there's these booths and these dudes that just sell out-of-print film scores. Really? Because that's where their audience is currently habitating. So you're saying they have like... They have like forty copies of like Return of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, LP. oh yeah, for really? sure, for sure. Really? I've seen those tables. Maybe not forty, but you know, what Return. Saying. What's the punk rock one? That is that's a that is, is that, is, the, is that, that is, the punk rock one? Mm-hmm, that's a great one too. I love that. What about movie. River's Edge? I'm like, that's I'd not, love to get a copy of that. Oh one. well, there you go. Yeah, we're getting into film score now, but yeah, getting uh, we're staying on film score while yes. talking about George George Romero, Romero. I'm going to play apparently a huge fan of film score. Yeah, which. You could tell because his stuff was always great. See, now and I'm going to have to look up the Quiet Man film score because I'm, I, I want to know, if yeah. you're George Romero... That's the one you picked. I mean, that's that's the soundtrack that you picked to listen to. I mean, that's a John Wayne film, right? Yes, it is. And so, wow, that's so completely <laughs> opposite from anything that we know George Romero as... Yeah. And, and an artist in in and of himself. Sure. If you think he was going to go Western, he would go Ennio Morricone, you know, or something like that. But Yeah, yeah, maybe. Oh, man, that's fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that completely. 
Yeah, it says the guy's name was Victor Young, so it wasn't even Ennio. So, huh. yeah, interesting. So, sticking with the film score thing, I was going to play you uh, some window dressing film score from my favorite George Romero movie, 100% across the board. I think it's even better than Night of the Living Dead, although you could debate me and, and hold it to a seniority thing with it. Okay. Night of the Living Dead's pretty damn good, but Dawn of the Dead will always be the better film. And it's in probably my top ten movies of all time. I well, okay. I don't agree about the all time, but yes. It's my list. It's my Dawn, opinion. Dawn's better than Nice. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. At least you said that. That's a fact. Yeah. So I've actually seen this song performed live because Oh yeah, you saw. So when I yeah. went to go see Goblin at the Goblin? Texas Theater a yeah. couple years ago yep. and they do that cool thing where since with Pinkish Black. Our friends Pinkish Black. So since it's at the Texas Theater, the theater where Leon right. Oswald got arrested, still there, and they're going to play looped scenes from said movie of whatever right. score Goblin is throwing down because right. it's good visual because, you know, they're you know they're not going to run around on stage. They're just going to play the shit, especially because that score. You got to be well, yeah. really dead on, like dead on balls accurate. So they played this, and I was like, of course they're going to play it. But of course I was happy to hear it. My favorite part of the show. So here's some score by Goblin from Dawn of the Dead.
1979's amazing, amazing movie, Dawn of the Dead. That was Goblin. And the official song title for that, since it's Italian, is L'Alba de Morti Vivente. And it's I love on the Goblin CD, Wait, did actually. Did do that? <laughs> no, no, they never covered any of the uh, Dawn of they, the Dead stuff. They, they should have, but they didn't. But did did they ever cover... I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to derail again. <sighs> I'm but... trying to remember. I'll have to check the director's cut album, but I don't think they ever went with any of the Goblin stuff because I okay. think it's. I think the, their idea was well, it's rock enough. One, they just had that one, one record yeah. of director's cut anyway. So. Sure, but like Goblin's rock and roll enough on its own. They don't need to yeah. be covered for that reason. But That's badass. But uh, officially called Zombie in Italy... It's Dawn of the Dead over here. Oh. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. We've got one more track for you. And since we bumped Chester Bennington off the show, we're going with this. <laughs> a guy named Goldie McJohn. Yes, Goldie <laughs> McJohn. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Is this where I lay out? A little bit. But okay. I got to say, man, I mean, we, we talk about performances on iconic songs. I recall in an earlier Fallen episode from this year, I played the guy that played the guitar on Wipeout. So it's like, you know, he played guitar on a song that billions of people heard and millions of people bought it. So I think they should be on here. So even if you're a utility player for a band, but you caught fire for a little bit, that's important enough to be on here, I think. So we are playing something that Goldie McJohn (laughs) played keyboards on because he just happened to be an original member of Steppenwolf. Quick. Google Goldie McJohn. <laughs> yes. And like I said, I was like sitting there going and said, keyboard player for Stephen Wolf on the obituary. I'm like, okay, so was he, in a, was he an original guy? Did he play in the studio on those songs? And it turns out he did, so he gets to be on here. And it also turns out that we could have just called him Ray. Could have. But he wanted Goldie, man. He wanted Goldie. Yeah. So for Goldie. The 60s. You played organ on this. This is probably one of those songs to where... Radio, at least it made it safe for you to be a rock and roll organist, you know, and get by. So, like, this guy paved the way for John Lord to be on the radio. You got to look at it like that because that solo on Born to Be Wild is pretty damn epic and really important. So, there's your legacy there. I am going to play that song. I could go deep on Stephen Wolf, but I don't really want to. And this is the one that really, you know, shines in the best. I told told you to play the song by X. Yeah, yeah, born to be wild. But that's not going to work out for Goldie McJohn, or yes, is that right? Yeah, Goldie McJohn. So for you, Goldie, you played on this, so you're always going to be awesome. This is closing off this episode of The Fallen. Get your motor running. It's born to be wild. Yeah, I gotta go make it happen 
from their debut album and also famously from the Easy Rider soundtrack of course that was Born to be Wild by Stephen Wolf. you know you got a guy named Goldie McJohn the reason why he's called that is because there was a guy in the group named Mars Bonfire <laughs> so can we give him a pass Logan can you give him one please okay Mar- Mars Bonfire is pretty cool though I like just John like John I like John K it's just John K John K Mars Bonfire Mars Bonfire is pretty badass alright so there you go thanks Goldie thanks for your contribution to rock history if he was McFire okay we're gonna get out of here alright I wanna thank everybody for tuning into the show today thanks please go to cnjradio.com for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 all episodes including all the fallen episodes that feature that feature Logan all of me yes and while you're on there Stay tuned for our friend Randy Brown of the Synaptic, a Randy true Brown, alternative. True alternative. Do you know the rest of this, don't you? No. Uh, just keep going. You sure? You pause? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll well, just be your echo. That's okay. fine. Stay on cnjradio.com for Last Theater on the Left and Wrestling House Show. Podcast coming soon. That's a lot. I'm not going to repeat yeah. those. And last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys with Space Beard for Space the outro Beard. song. Stay tuned even after... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys, I'm going to let you in on a little something. Every time Logan's on the show, there may be a slight ghost track. So stay tuned through the space beard Ooh. for said thing. All right. Five-star rating, everybody. Yeah, five-star rating on iTunes. Please. Thanks, Joey. We're going to get the hell out of here. High five. We'll see you on the next one. Have fun. Phones, you gotta fucking be kidding me!